Welcome to The Pemberley Podcast, a podcast where we discuss modern-day Jane Austen adaptations. Now covering Emma Approved, I'm Jillian Davis. I'm Yolanda Rodriguez. Keep up with us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Pemberley. You can help support our running costs on patreon.com slash thepemberley. And if you have any questions or comments, email us at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com. Let's dive in. We're back. We're back. It's good to be back. Yeah, we've taken our short hiatus. We're refreshed. We're better than ever. L- much like Emma herself. Yeah. And it's great because you and I have been actually quite productive during this hiatus, which is, I feel like, code professional code for nap time. <laughs> it wasn't. Yeah. But we came back bigger and stronger. We have two microphones now. Ooh. Yeah, that's right. Fancy. You guys can't see this, but Yolanda and I are sitting at the long end of my table. And that's never, like, you've never been so far away from me when we record this. I'm a little, like, my mind is blown. But not only that, we went to Jasna, which you can check out yeah. the episode for that. That was a ton of fun. We interviewed Jay and Margaret about their experience making Sanditon and I... I learned so much about yeah, that. Yeah, that's a really great interview. If you haven't listened to it already, do it. Listen. <laughs> Why are you here? <laughs> and we interviewed Bernie, and it was good to see him again and have him over and hear about... I basically feel like this podcast is, you know, one of those TV episodes where all these different characters are talking about the same thing that happened, and so we're hearing the same story from different points of view, yeah. and here we have it from Bernie. It's great. Yeah, we've had, like, everyone possible that we could <laughs> have on from the Lizzie Bennet Diaries, and so it's really cool to be able to to have properly wrapped that up and go into Emma Approve with a, almost like this fresh slate of things and possibilities that we can dive into now. We have a new intro. Tell us how you guys like our intro. Yeah, we're testing out this new intro. We'll see how you guys like it. Yeah. New show, a little bit of a new format, new us. Just like Emma, who has two cameras, we have two mics. And uh-huh. she's so professional and we're trying to be professional. This podcast is us becoming Emma. And I love it because I feel like in one of the early episodes of Lizzie Bennet, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm a 24-year-old with a mountain of student loans. I am Lizzie Bennet. And now that we're upgrading in our lives, now I'm like, oh my gosh, I am Emma. We're trying to reach that Emma aesthetic. (laughs) Yeah, love it. Striving for it. We should all strive for it. Let's get to talking about it. Uh, Episodes one and two of Emma. So Emma Approved is a modern day vlog adaptation of Jane Austen's Emma, which premiered on YouTube on October 7th, 2013. We're going to discuss and analyze the series two episodes at a time and compare it to the book. And we each have our own experiences and how we discovered Emma Approved. We were both fans of the Lizzie Bennet Diaries, and then there was Sanditon, and then there was Emma. So how did you first start watching Emma Approved, Jillian? Well, so my my best friend Ashley is the one who introduced me to the whole series, and we were obsessed with it together. And I had a class, Ashley and I had that class together, it was pouring down rain, and we wanted to watch Emma Approved as like a premiere. <laughs> so we rushed back from our class to our dorm. We were roommates and we like wanted to watch it on our slightly bigger TV screen. And so we were soaking wet because it was raining that day. And we were like huddled up in our chairs and we're like, it's time to watch Emma. Oh my gosh. And we were very excited about it. And then for me, I think I remember watching Emma when it first came out, but I think because Emma was at a different life stage than than me, I didn't fully relate to her. So I think I didn't give it the proper shot that I should have at that time. So you weren't, so you didn't like dive into Emma obsessed? No, no. I actually watched it probably a couple years after all of it had been released. Whoa, I didn't know this. Yeah, so 
And then at that point, I was like, oh, I want to be Emma. <laughs> like, <laughs> I want to strive to be like, just like her. And I became a fan of it after it had, was over already. So it wasn't like, and not to compare it to Lizzie Bennet Diaries. Like for me, I was like there every single week, like mm-hmm. ready for the next Lizzie Bennet episode. The cool thing with watching Emma was that I did get to binge watch it all at once. And that's like, true. Cause like that's, that's definitely something I feel like a lot of fans are experiencing now because yeah. not all of them had the privilege of knowing about it when it was coming out and you had that anticipation back back when you had to subscribe to appointment television <laughs> yep <laughs> and plus i also feel like i get what you mean by you weren't in an emma state of mind then because emma's I, th- I think she's supposed to be like 28 or something she's yeah, like in she's her late 20s older. she's more established she has her own company sure she she, she like <laughs> i just don't know how to emphasize that like she dresses well and it's yeah. like <laughs> like i related to lizzie bennett because i was also like a student and so i was right. like i just it's covering everything important yep. i'm just walking into the world <laughs> with my plaid and my jeans and emma was very put together and very meticulous about her look and her aesthetic and I'm moving into that now, yeah. but you know, definitely, I feel like as a post grad, I can I can appreciate Emma a lot more now than yeah. I did then. So since we ended covering the Lizzie Bennet Diaries by reading the last line of Pride and Prejudice, it feels appropriate to do the same with Emma Approved in kicking this off by reading the first line of Emma, which goes: Emma Woodhouse, handsome, clever, and rich, with a comfortable home and happy disposition, seemed to unite some of the best blessings of existence, and had lived nearly twenty-one years in the world with very little to distress or vex her. Wow, that is an informative sentence. That is a long, informative sentence, and we get so much about Emma in that one. I part. know. Let's let's unpack that a little bit. This is a third person narrator saying Emma Woodhouse handsome clever and rich so I think it's interesting she's called handsome instead of beautiful well that's what they would say back then uh, to describe a woman as like handsome wasn't just for men it wasn't like a masculine for like she's attractive right she's an attractive she's like an attractive clever and rich girl what I'm getting out of this is that yeah she's got a privileged life she's like attractive she's rich she has like everything going for her and really she's had no big stress in her life and so everything that going forward is like really her getting to just play around in this like wonderful world that she already has and uh, yeah I feel like this is like a coming of age story because basically what we get about her in the first episode is that she hasn't had a lot of obstacles in life yeah. and she hasn't like I mean I'm happy for her I'm thrilled <laughs> that she's had this beautiful life but I think it's meant to emphasize the fact that all the conflict that we're about to read about is brand new to her because she's not used to having obstacles thrown in her way. And so, I mean, like, I remember sort of, I I haven't read all of Emma, but I've read parts of Emma. I've seen many Emma adaptations. So, like, I guess I'll refer to, like, the 1998 Gwyneth Paltrow movie a lot where, you know, you look at her and you're like, what? Why is she so bothered by this? And why is she so bothered by that? Because life has literally been the easiest thing for her. Literally, this is the first time conflict has ever befell befallen her. Yeah. So it's so that's and she's twenty one, so she's like obviously younger in the book. But I feel like you know twenty one then and twenty eight now are kind of the same thing, where it's like you're in that ready to settle down phase, Mm -hmm. and but she's but. What's really interesting about Emma is sort of like 
both in this adaptation and the original novel, is she's someone who everyone's asking her, like, you're so beautiful and you're so accomplished. Like, why aren't you married? Why aren't you trying to, like, land a man? And she's like, to be honest, I really feel like that's not my purpose. I feel like setting people up and, like, watching other people be happy is my purpose. And that's, I feel like, what's something that's really unique about her is that, Mm -hmm. like, she sort of doesn't know that she's falling in love with Knightley throughout those spoilers. (laughs) Spoilers! Spoilers! She and Knightley end up together. She's not sort of looking for a romantic relationship because she assumes her purpose is elsewhere and she is okay with it. She's actually very content with being single. Well, we're getting into a lot before we've even jumped into the episodes. But yeah, that's a lot of the overall things that we're going to be seeing and tackling in analyzing Emma's character. So let's start with episode one. I am Emma Woodhouse, written by Bernie Sue. Emma, in the same way, starts by, as you mentioned, reading all of her accomplishments Mm -hmm. and talking about what her goals are, her company, and, you know, she's right now 20 for 20 and all of her clientele and like the event planning she does and this matchmaking service that she does so we're getting like this picture of a very put together person who plans things to a t and executes it perfectly (laughs) i make your life better and i never fail I think that this episode does a great job of encapsulating that first sentence that we just read because she's like, I have a perfect track record and all of these scenarios, I've made all these scenarios work out perfectly and it's so good, I'm documenting my greatness. Yeah, yeah, that's the funny thing is like, this isn't just a vlog that she's just going to throw on the internet. This is a documentary. This is... For her future. Right. This is for a specific award that she is trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. Like the Lifetime Excellence Award. Is that even a thing? <laughs> no, no, I was like, is this a real award? Who I don't knows? know. When I was watching that, I was like, wait a minute. Is she assuming there's going to be an award for this kind maybe of accomplishment? She's, yeah, maybe she's like, I'm so great that they're going to create an award <laughs> for me. And this documentary is like what she's going to present to whatever panel or committee in order to win this fake now real award (laughs) i love that kind of confidence where like she's assuming she's gonna get to a place in life where people are like emma do you have any video of like when you were young before you were this person (laughs) just and she's like i'm so glad you asked (laughs) i have this entire youtube channel (laughs) yes look at it emma approved it is in fact emma approved yeah it's interesting because already this is a pretty high stakes series because she talks about, you know, blah, blah, blah. This is who I am. This is what I do. As an example, here's a guy who owns a really successful donut franchise and a beautiful homemaker. And I brought them together. And guess what? He just put a ring on it. They locked it down. I did that. She's matchmaking high quality people. Oh, like yeah. these are people with money mm-hmm. and obviously the money to pay her (laughs) to Mm -hmm. put on these like elaborate, beautiful weddings too. Mm -hmm. So she knows her target demographic. And also Annie, it sounds like is just a good friend of hers. She just, she sort of leaves that out of the intro is like, I thought these two would be good together. So I just sort of, you know, flung them together. You know, like she said, little push here, little shove there. And then she makes her fingers kiss. And then, (laughs) and then Yolanda, a minute and a half into our series, we meet our leading man. We meet Brent Bailey. We meet Knightley. Alex Knightley. Yes, as played by Brent, Brent. Bailey. Mm-hmm. Alex Knightley. Partner, business development, bookkeeping, boring stuff. Important stuff. Still boring. Still important. Boring me and now them. Who is them? Most of the fans who were watching this first episode came from the Lizzie Bennett world, where we didn't get to meet our leading man until episode 60. Ugh. And we were sp- 
spoiled by getting to see Alex Knightley in the first minute and a half yeah. of episode one. I, I do remember going insane. I was like, oh my gosh, there he is. He's just there. They just gave us to him. Like, he was a present. <laughs> that was so easy. We didn't have to work for it at no, all. No, <laughs> we didn't have to like sit on the edge of our seats for six, like freaking 30 weeks. 30 weeks. We didn't have to do that. Nope. He, they just presented him to us and we were like oh my gosh and we were like yes bring him closer to the camera (laughs) yes and and already off the bat they had really great chemistry like really great dynamic it's such a funny like you immediately get their dynamic they alex is this serious numbers guy who is very logical and Mm -hmm. emma is like big picture look at the vision look at my like mood board it's like so pretty (laughs) yeah it's my dream Whatever. Yeah, she is like, she's got high hopes and she's looking at the stars and she's like, I'm going to get that one, you know? And Alex is the one like, who's like, all right, well, well we you can't have that there, one. So <laughs> we can have this one and then we'll talk. And well, she's like, we- no. well, she's the vision and he's the one who like helps her make it happen. Yeah, yeah. So they're a great business partnership in yes. that way. For now. For now. <laughs> and then we get an unexpected call on what is it? Domino. We don't talk about Domino, but we use it. Yeah, it's not mentioned that this is actually Domino. So we can only assume this is Domino or some kind of video conferencing thing they're using. But if it is Domino, what a cool way to kind of bridge in like Pemberley Digital, the fictional company into this series. Perfect. Yeah. And it is none other. The phone call is from her good friend, Annie, aka Bride. We get something really insane because Emma's like, how are you? How is everything? This is going to be the best wedding ever. And she's like, Emma, calm down. Stop talking and breathe. I know they're a little rare this time of year, but I'll just call in a favor. It's not that. It's just as Ryan still want a shot luge for the reception. Shot luges are so not Emma approved. Emma, I'm thinking about calling off the wedding. End of episode. I know. Cut to black. Hear the cheery music. And we are left with that cliffhanger. Like... It's already really high stakes because she's like, this is a lifestyle thing. This I'm is who I am. This is what 20. I do. This is like my next achievement. I'm on a roll. I've never had any failures in life ever. And here is her best friend introducing Betrayal. what is- Yeah, what is introducing- And that's what um, is in, uh, what's important to look for in Emma is- Even though she really does care about her friends and her family and her loved ones, she has made- her business other people's business and so she actually has like not even like financial yes but like more of like a prideful interest it's like i suppose this is a a great segue into episode two imminent success also written by bernie sue it starts off with emma not talking about what we just saw which was like her best friend saying hey i don't think i want to marry the guy that i said i was going to marry him yeah She's like, no, it's all going to work out. They're just perfect for each other, so it's going to work out. And Knightley's like, mm, are you sure? Like, and Right. He, we, we didn't see the cutaway to Emma like, everything's going to be fine, Annie. Everything's like, you know, her, I'm sure, like figuring out the, the next plan of like how to make sure this actually still happens. Even though Annie is like on the fence on about things, Emma's already like, I'm sure, figured out a plan of like, no, this is still going to work. Everything's still on track to happen. But yeah, Alex kind of throws a wrench in that. He's like, really? Are you sure about that, Emma? And decides to just call up Annie himself and put her on the spot. And that's something very not Emma approved. She has everything planned out and she doesn't want to mess with her own plan. I'm sorry, Emma. 
I know this handcuffs you in your business. I hope you just understand that it's something I yeah, have to do. Yeah, Annie totally understands. Space time, you got it. Well, I gotta go. Alex is being all crazy. Talk to you later. Bye. It's interesting because Emma is sort of in denial about Annie's wishes. Right. And that's why it was such an interesting segue because, like I said about her business being other people's business, in Emma's mind... Annie and Ryan are perfect for each other. So she's kind of not hearing her friend out because she's just looking too far. Like, she can't see the forest through the trees, you know? Yeah. And so she kind of doesn't really think there's a problem to work out because she's like, they belong together. So right. they're, Annie's going to get over whatever doubts she has. And we don't know what those doubts are yet, which kind of pisses me off. But it's fine. She's having her doubts. She said yes to marrying him. And then she's like, mm, maybe not. <laughs> she's so confident in her decisions that she's like, okay, yeah, this person can have whatever doubts they can have. But I already see the end result, and that's what I'm still driving towards. I mean, yeah, Emma sort of acts as if she's got a crystal ball, (laughs) and like she's seeing that everything's going to be just fine. She sees the white wedding. She sees the flowers. She doesn't see their their like home in like in the white picket fence and everything, you know. Mm -hmm. But like in dealing with the right now problem, she doesn't want to see it. But that's exactly what Alex Knightley sees. (laughs) Look, I know that you have faith, but considering our company's future success, how imminent would it be if by the slightest chance a certain engagement just happened to fall apart and your perfect streak was broken? That's why they're so good together, because she's very long-term and he's very short-term. And you need both to function, you know? You need to see that there's like a bigger picture and all the little things that you do, but you need to pay attention to those little things in order to see that they lead to something. Yeah. And that's kind of the dynamic that we're introduced to right now. And it's great. Oh, the other thing that we haven't been talking about that we need to talk about is Knightley is trying to get Emma to get an assistant. Yeah, and that is also something she does not want to do. She's really pushing back. She's Who like, doesn't want to She's assistant? just like, no, 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 like, yeah, I'll look at it eventually or whatever. Like, yeah, that's like a weird thing. I think she's such a control freak. She just like wants to hold on to every little part of it that she doesn't want to trust someone else with that. Like she trusts Knightley. Great. Somehow he got in there and like is handling the business part of things. Yeah. But to bring someone else into their operation, that's like... She has, she has to trust someone else to do that. And we don't meet Harriet yet, but we will eventually. Because part of me wants to be like, if you weren't given, if you were given the chance to have your own assistant to do your job, like, why wouldn't you jump at the chance? And I think Emma's someone who has difficult time letting go of the credit because yeah. this is Emma approved. It's all about her success. It's this all about what she's lifetime, done for yeah. everyone else. This and if someone else. lifetime achievement award. And if someone else helped out, then like, would she even be worthy of that title and all the success and everything? Like she can't mm. hold, she can't let go of it. That's a lot of pressure then that she's placed on herself is like, do I deserve the credit if I didn't do all of the work? Any great leader should be able to be like, yeah, like it's not just me who gets the credit. Yeah, it's this whole team who can get credit. Mm -hmm. And I'm the one leading the charge on this. That's great. It's going to take way more people to build out this great Emma approved operation if she really wants to keep making it bigger and better. And she tells us a little bit about how she got to that point. <laughs> she says, like, how did I get to this point? My, like, my dad said, Emma, my favorite daughter. <laughs> like, what do you want to do? And she's like, kind of like, best dad ever. <laughs> kind of like from uh, Wicked, from the song Popular. She's like, dearest, darlingest, momsy, and popsicle. <laughs> like, that's kind oh, of right. like, that's kind of the sugar-coated yeah. uh, sort of 
words that she's putting out there that her dad was like, what do you want to do? And she's like, well, I want to do this. And it's nice that they've been He's able to like, turn it into here's a- the money. Go. Here's the money. Go. And no, and she's turned it into like a viable business because it was, yeah. she was just a few years out of college when she started this. And now she's got a very successful lifestyle brand. And it's because she kind of doesn't allow herself to fail. She's like NASA. Right. Failure is not an option. <laughs> <laughs> Emma approved as NASA. Yes, essentially. I think Emma should work with NASA. I'm just saying she could do some things. <laughs> she, she could just I'm not like clean complaining. up that whole operation. I'm not complaining. Get us to Mars way sooner. Well, yeah, exactly. I'm not complaining about anything that NASA's up to. I also don't really know what NASA's up to. But what I'm saying is I don't think anyone would be hurt by bringing someone in to help them achieve their optimum level of, what is it Ali Wong says, her optimum level of success. Yes. Or optimal or something. Yeah. It's very funny. Everyone should watch Ellie Wong. (laughs) So that's our intro to Emma and Alex, and we get some of Annie Taylor as well. And so we're going to just keep seeing what happens next with their shenanigans. Loving every minute of it. But now let's go into the comments section. Jumping to the comments section where we read original YouTube comments from when these episodes first aired. From episode one, Lauren Marie says, This is why I love Austin. She always takes character traits you never think would mix well and mixes them. Hello, Pride and Prejudice. Emma is so arrogant but truly good-hearted, and she really thinks she is doing what is best for her friends. Yeah, that's Ignoring true. Annie Taylor's wishes, she's like, no, no, no. That's dumb. You're marrying that boy. Yeah. <laughs> Taylor Curvy says, I'm already in love with Emma. It's amazing to see a female character who is unabashedly confident. It'll be interesting to see her shed the narcissism while retaining a sure sense of self rather than the typical realize my own potential trope that usually occupies any coming of age story. That's true. This is actually works in reverse. Like so many stories are about like, you know, you don't, yeah, you don't think you're good enough. And then like, eventually you're like, no, I could, I had the power to do it the whole time. Like how many Disney movies? at the top. (laughs) How many Disney movies have I just described? Yeah. And she's the opposite. She's like, I'm the best there ever was. And she's going to, yeah, and I'm amazing. And she's going to be taken down a few notches and she's actually going to realize that what's important is everyone around her. Mm-hmm. Allie Reed's book says, all right, Alex Knightley, you got my attention. Mine too. <laughs> <laughs> From episode two, Rachel says, seeing more of this story and liking it's multi-layered. The production value on this is fantastic. Maybe a bit too much so. What's the in-world reason for Emma to have two cameras going at the same time? Yeah, so this was a little different setup. They do have two cameras. There's one where Emma's talking directly to camera. That's where she's documenting her excellence. And then it's sort of like the overall office capturing whoever comes in. And she's also recording nightly in his office. I know. We actually get multiple camera angles thanks to Domino. She's capturing everyone. And <laughs> she's like, great. she's always on the, on the move trying to catch anything that can get her her award. Jessica Joy says, oh my god. Nightly reminds me of Jim Halpert. <gasps> Jim Halpert, Johnny Office, John it. Krasinski. But we're all in love with Jim Halpert, so that makes right. sense. <laughs> I would love to see the original character breakdown for Nightly, and I would love it if it was like Jim, Jim Halpert. Halpert-esque or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nightly gives off a very Jim Halpert vibe, which I think... It's yeah. great. Maybe I think Jim Halpert, I mean, like when you really get into it, he's like a lot more laid back. Yeah. He but like they dress the job. same. He, <laughs> they dress the same. I think it's just literally the looks. The looks, yeah. <laughs> the white guy with the brown no. hair and dresses kind of nice. <laughs> yeah. We're Whatever. We're into it. Ray says, this is really adorable, especially considering Emma has never been one of my favorite Austin characters. I like how they're staying very true to Emma's personality. That's the point of the story. 
a lot of people in the comments actually weren't too much of a fan of Emma's narcissism because she comes off as so strong-willed and she is arrogant in, in what she does because she knows she's good at what she does. I think that kind of entry into relatability was a little tough at first, but then like as the series goes on, I think we kind of break that down a little bit more and more. So a lot of good stuff to come. And this is literally just the beginning. I can't <laughs> believe this is like episode one of Emma approved <laughs> that we're covering. Up, we're going to blink and it's going to be oh, over. No. Just like Lizzie and I'm going to be miserable. <laughs> no. We'll see what happens next. This episode has been Pemberley Podcast Approved.